Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome back. Uh, so glad that, to be back with you guys today. Um, missed y'all the past couple weeks, but thank you so much um, to Christy last week, just stepping in and absolutely crushing it. Uh, such a wonderful word on faith. Thankful for her and her voice, and so thankful for TC as well, stepping in and, and just crushing it as well, doing a great job talking about encouragement and how in this season we can be an encouragement to one another. Uh, I'm excited to start this Christmas season with you guys again. Uh, as you know, we're still meeting in person every single week, uh, and we look forward to seeing many of you guys back with us as this COVID season begins to slow down a little bit. Hopefully, that's what we're praying for. We're praying for every single person, every single one of y'all uh, that's listening at home and participating with us. Thanks for joining us today. Just glad to be with you in your home. Uh, it's an honor to open up the Word with you again today. Um, if, if you can, um, before we start, I want to think about this thought. As I was reading the scriptures uh, today, actually, I'm reading through Isaiah, and I get to the part where Isaiah sees God. And when he sees God, it's as if everything else in his mind and his life uh, loses importance. It's as if uh, the weight of God crushes him when he sees him. But he, he talks about what he sees in Isaiah 6. And, it, and, it, and he sees around the throne room of God these, these angels that are, that are uh, placed around God. And they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And at the sight of this, uh, Isaiah has an undoing. But I, I love the idea of glory. Because the idea of glory is, is, uh, is the essence for which something is praised. It's like the weight of an object that gives it awe. When you see something wonderful, there's something about the object that is wonderful and it brings an awe-striking thing to you. And that's what Isaiah is saying. The whole, or that's what the, the angels are saying about God, is that the whole earth is filled with the, the essence of God's glory, like the weight of his wonder is meant to be experienced all around us today. But I can't help but see in this passage, as Isaiah sees the very image of God, the weight of the world that he was probably walking in at the time among a pagan society who was devoid of God, when he gets in the presence of God and he sees God for who he is, the glory shifts the weight shifts and the weight for Isaiah is crushing when he realizes who God really is. This is him. And that same God is still God today. Nothing's different. And I don't know maybe what you feel weighs you down today, but my prayer is as we open up this word, that the weight of God would fall heavy upon you today. And it would fall heavy upon me today as we just encourage each other through the word. I believe he wants to encounter you in a fresh and very intimate way. Paul talks about that he considered everything in his life nothing in comparison to knowing Christ Jesus. It was an intimate kind of knowing that he longed for. And I pray today that we would see him in a much more intimate and close and personal way. And as we do, I believe that a different kind of weight will fall upon us. And it's the most wonderful kind of weight. Would you join me in praying and asking God just to talk with us today as we open up the word? 
that he would bring revelation, allow us to see maybe things that we've never thought about or seen, think about things that we've never thought about, and just hear from him in a very special way because I believe he wants to speak to you in exactly how you need to hear him. Would you ask him to talk to you today? Join me. Oh, Father, I'm so thankful that we get to open up your word. I'm so thankful for the reality that you're still on a throne. You're still a spiritual authority today, just like Isaiah's day. And Lord, that you've given us right to step into the holiest of holy places and actually talk to you. And, and you hear us. God, that's so wonderful. It's so amazing to me. And I just pray right now, God, that you would, you would speak to us in profound ways. God, in ways that even our intellect can't understand, but God, you would minister to hearts and minds and souls all over today through the reading of your word and through this story in Acts. God, open up our eyes to greater depths of who you are and help us to realize the weight of your gift that you've offered to everyone. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. It's Christmas season, everybody, and I can't wait. This is one of my favorite seasons in all of the year, and... Um, I will never forget as a kid, and maybe you'll understand this, uh, waking up um, maybe a week before Christmas and the, the presents begin to show up, you know, at least at our house. For some of y'all, it's like Thanksgiving ends, it's Christmas Day now. And y'all y'all moms who are organized and dads who are organized and you you already have your shopping done and everything. Uh, that That's not me. That wasn't my home. So about a week before, maybe even the day before, presents started showing up. So we'd go around the tree and, and we would find the presence that was the biggest, you know? But there was one indicator when you knew a present was gonna be awesome. What was it? Share with somebody right now, maybe around you, what was it that you knew this present's about to be real? What was it? What was it? Was it the packaging? Was it the color? No. It was the weight. It was the heaviness of that package. When you picked it up, you knew it was about to be legit by how much it weighed, right? And you couldn't wait to open up that gift on Christmas Day. But how many of you guys opened up that gift on Christmas Day and you played with that thing and it was awesome or maybe you used it and it was great, but after about a day or a week, it just, you know, it just ran out of uses. Or maybe it was just, it was awesome, but it was awesome for that one thing. But do you know what made a gift so wonderful? Is when you could find new uses for that thing. And as you discovered new uses for that thing, it got better and better. Do you, can you think of a gift that maybe you received that was like that? What did you receive that was like that? And sometimes it's not even the weighty things or not the heavy things that do that, but maybe sometimes it's the little things that stick with you. We're going to open up our story today in the book of Acts in a profound story um, in Acts chapter 10. But before we get to 10, I want to remember 9 because this is the season of the church where the church had experienced that weighty gift of Jesus and it was transforming them. Acts 9.31 said, So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was being built up and they were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of His Holy Spirit 
it multiplied. They experienced the weight of God and they realized that the person of Jesus was God in the flesh and now Jesus sits in the place of authority and he's the judge, he's the king, he's in charge. And with that in mind, they said, that's the guy we crucified, that's the guy who's in charge, and that's the guy who offers us this salvation and forgiveness now. All right, let's go. And so they walked in this deep awe and fear. The heaviness of their life was transferred from this place to that place, from these people to that one person, because he was now in charge, and they knew it. And as they walked this out, others experienced favor. And as they experienced favor, this good news began to spread, and more and more people wanted to be a part of it. That's what's going on in the church. But it really stuck to kind of the Jews in close proximity to the Jewish people in Jerusalem. But chapter 10 really begins to change that narrative. And in chapter 10, we find a guy who feared the Lord, but he wasn't a Jew. We find a guy named Cornelius, and it says he was a centurion in chapter 10, verse 1. A centurion, if you don't know, century 100. Centurion simply means that Cornelius was in charge of a hundred soldiers. He was a, he was a big deal. He was a, he was a really important guy in the Italian cohort, the Rome, part of the Roman army. And we find this guy as a guy that the Bible describes in chapter 10, verse two, as a devout man who feared God with all of his household. Cornelius gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. It recognizes this guy for two things, or for several things, but recognizes this Roman guy who's forsaken the Roman gods of his day and largely forsaken the idea that his emperor is some kind of God, and he's realized that the Jews are onto something. He feared God. And most likely, a guy like Cornelius had heard the news about this Messiah, Jesus. More than likely, Cornelius probably heard the message that Peter preached to the masses. He might have even been one of those guys who received the word, who received the message of Jesus. And this guy didn't just keep it to himself. He shared with his family and everyone else in his life. This is no ordinary guy. He had forsaken gods and he had forsaken his nation, pretty much the emperor as divine. But here's what happened in this guy's life as he prayed continually. It's said that about on the ninth hour one day, an angel shows up to Cornelius. It says that Cornelius is terrified, mortified at the sight of this divine person. This guy just simply says, hey, listen, Cornelius, I need you to find somebody. His name is Peter. Here's the address. Go find him. Here's where to go. Immediately, Cornelius makes a move. He calls people in, a devout soldier, one of his friends, and a couple of his really close friends says, listen, I need you to go find Peter. I just saw a vision. It was crazy. So they go look for this guy named Peter. Now, fast forward, the guy Peter. He's been fasting a couple days. And he's also pretty hungry. So at the time of prayer, he goes to the top of a house and he begins to pray, waiting for some food. And here's what happens in this part of the story. Check it out. 
chapter 10, verse 9 through 19. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the household about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opening and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. And the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision uh, that he had seen might mean, behold, listen, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry of Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask, whether Simon was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Do you see the timing of everything? <laughs> I think about the, the magnitude of what this story uh, insinuates. That God's working in a guy who is praying called Cornelius and speaks to him and says, here's a guy that you need. There's another guy who's praying just on time. And at the moment that he's praying, God shows up to tell him something really special. And at the end of his vision, God speaks to him through his Holy Spirit saying, listen, there's three guys looking for you. Be ready. At just the moment when he comes out of the trance, these guys show up to the house and say, hey, is a guy named Peter there? You couldn't make this stuff up. Profound. The story continues that, that Peter basically goes down uh, to Cornelius' house and he finds not only Cornelius there, but he finds a group of Cornelius' friends and all of his family. And when he gets there, he still doesn't quite understand what his vision was about. He's still figuring it out. Isn't that just kind of like God? You don't always know exactly what God is doing, but let me tell you, God is always doing something. And what we can trust is, maybe not always what we see, but we can always trust that God has our best in mind and He's up to something, not to trick you or to shame you or to hurt you, but it's always going to be something good. He was up to something good. Check this story out. Here's what Peter opened his mouth and then declared as he stepped into Cornelius' home and all the people are there to hear this guy. We don't know what he's about to say, but he's sent. This angel said, we need him, so he's here. Now what? Peter opened up his mouth and he said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. I believe in this moment, Peter begins to speak this good news over this household. And I think he begins to put everything together. 
the vision that he got as the Spirit of God tells him to eat. And he says, Lord, by no means, I could never do that. And he says, listen to me. Don't declare unclean what I have deemed to be clean. What I've decided to reveal myself to, don't hold me back. I have a plan. And so Peter speaks from the place of now beginning to learn and understand because he's simply been obedient and he's beginning to experience and understand a few things. The, the passage continues down, and I want to pick up in verse 43. You can read that part on your own if you'd like. But in 43, he says, To him, all that means Jesus, to him, Jesus, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Thus, the presence of God and, the, and the, the movement of God's Spirit proving the message that was spoken to Peter. Listen, I have chosen to reveal myself not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles and all of the known world. This gift is for everyone. The good news is for everyone. Do you know that you are a part of everyone today? Maybe you feel like uh, you're off limits. Maybe what you've walked through in your life has been so challenging, you can't imagine that God would possibly care about you. But the reality of this story is that this man, a centurion warlord, was called and uh, the presence of, of his Holy Spirit was sent upon this man being Cornelius. God chose Cornelius. There's a couple things that I want us to really get from this passage. God's gift has a name. In this season, God's weighty gift for us has a name. Verse 43 said, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The name is Jesus. When Peter showed up, to remind that whole house, hey, listen, the, the angel was right. I have a message for you guys. I'm supposed to tell you the truth right now. His name is Jesus. Anyone who would believe in Jesus and trust what Jesus did, not what you do. Do not miss this part of the passage in 34, uh, in, in verse 34, who it says, truly understand that God shows no partiality. That means he don't, he don't take favorites. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. That means if you fear God and do what's right, you're acceptable to him. That's not such good news. But the next verse is really good news. Because if you have missed the mark, as maybe I have too, <laughs> as for the word that he sent to Israel, this is the word that I came to tell you. I'm preaching good news. Here's the good news. Of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Hey, listen, Jesus Christ is the one who wants to impart rightness to you. This is really wonderful news. This is why glory has a name. The, the whole earth is filled with this truth. And if this weighty gift can be imparted, or if you receive this weighty gift, if you'll receive it, 
then here's what the other weights in your life will do. They will fall off of your shoulders. This gift is the greatest gift of all because Jesus is still in charge. Maybe you feel like you're out of control. I want to remind you that Jesus is not out of control. And he's still Lord of all. And if you will trust the Lord of all and speak to him and call out to him and begin to ask him and talk to him about the thing that you're walking through, I promise he's going to move in a way that you could never expect or imagine, but he wants to show up in your circumstance today. This is the good news that we have in Jesus. He's a Lord that is powerful, but he cares and loves you. Not only does the gift have a name, but the gift is for everyone. The gift has a name, but the name is for everyone. This is proven through this story because God was saying, hey, listen, Peter, what you Jews are saying is unclean. I'm saying I want to deem to be clean. And when I say I want him to be clean, not only do I just want to make him clean, but I've got a plan for Cornelius's life. I want to use him for far more than he thinks or imagines. I want to fill him with my presence and power. I want to put my presence on display through this guy. Not only does he want to do that in Cornelius' life, I believe just by you listening today, I believe there's no accident that we're talking and having a conversation today. I actually think it's on purpose. And I believe maybe you've clicked by accident or maybe a friend told you about it or maybe you're just doing it by habit or maybe you're just on this because this is what you do and church is the thing and I got to connect somewhere to feel good about my life. But I, I, I believe that the weight of God wants to meet you right where you are. And if you will receive this gift that not only was for Cornelius, but was for you, and if you will call out to the name, Jesus, he will meet you and save you. And I believe the weight that you feel on your shoulders right now will fall off when you call out to Jesus. Make him Lord. What's Lord of your life today? What's ruling your time? What's ruling your mind? What's ruling your thoughts today? Would you tell Jesus what's ruling your thoughts today? And, and if something other than Jesus is ruling your thoughts, I invite you to communicate with the king who's listening to you. And would you say, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my thoughts today. I don't want uh, this other weight to have space in my life. I want you to have a greater weight. Would you just tell him that? Every single one of us needs a restart every now and then. I just believe this can be a restart for us today. And realize maybe, maybe just as you pick up this gift, you'll realize how wonderful it really is. The gift has a name, and the gift is for everyone. I want to say two more things, and I want to be done. I believe in this passage there is two things that reveal to us how we can experience um, greater glory. And when I say glory, glory is the reason to praise. It's the reason to awe. And I believe the whole earth is actually filled with the glory of God and if we can see it through the lens that God desires us to see it, we'll begin to see uh, who God really is and what he's really about. But there's two people in this passage that we talked about today. We talked about Cornelius and we talked about Peter. 
both men have a profound experience with God. But both men are doing something quite profound. What are they doing? They're praying. I don't know what prayer is to you, but it's part of the gift through the person of Jesus. Through Jesus, you have access to talk to the King of Heaven. He's made a way. And if you step into prayer, I promise you, you're going to experience how wonderful this gift is when you begin to use it in new ways that you've never used it before. Prayer is part of that experience. Would you make prayer a part of your everyday life? Would you set aside time to pray and commune with God? And I promise you, here's going to be the progression. You're going to start prayer off with a whiny list, probably. I don't mean to be negative about that, but that's probably how you're going to start. God, I need you to do this, and I need you to do this, and I need you to do this. And as you do that, you'll experience the kindness of God because he's going to show up in a fresh way. Your time with God, if, if you continue and persist, it's going to move from a whiny list to a thankful heart because what God's going to show up and do in your life is going to be so grace-filled and so kind and so wonderful. You're going to begin to know God. As you begin to know God, the weight of God begins to sit heavy upon you and some of those other weights don't feel so heavy. This is what God wants to do through relationship. You can only have a relationship through communication. I want to invite you into the gift that God has allowed us to have with him in just talking with him. Would you talk with him in this Christmas season? Would you just tell him what you're experiencing and feeling and hoping and desiring? Tell him all those things and ask him what he thinks about it. And then open up the word and say, speak to me, Lord. I'm listening. And let him talk to you through his word. Invite the Holy Spirit to bring to your remembrance the things you need to know. Remove the thoughts that don't need to be there. And then watch what begins to happen in your life. Peter comes out of his trance and the Holy Spirit says to him, three guys about to show up, be ready. <laughs> I don't know if that was a loud voice. I don't know if it was a thought in his head. But the Holy Spirit says to him, three guys are going to show up. Here's what you're going to experience as you continue to press into prayer. You're going to have random thoughts. And during the day, things are going to happen. And things are going to tie together in strange ways. And people might think you're crazy, like you probably think I'm crazy right now. But it's the reality. I promise you, as you go down the line of experience with God, you will be so much more weighed down with the wonder and awe of who God is as you participate in the ways that he's invited you to participate. The second thing, after we see them communing with God, the second thing that Peter was invited to go do is that the gift was made to share. This gift is too weighty for one person. He's invited us to experience the wonder and glory of God by sharing this great gift in this Christmas season. Here's what happens when Isaiah, after he experiences the glory of God, God speaks and says, who will go for us? And Isaiah has this response in verse 8 of chapter 6 in Isaiah. Here I am, send me. The weight of God was so wonderful. He didn't care about anything else. He says, I got to go. I got to do this. And maybe you've been captivated by the goodness of God, just realizing that, man, you've been far off, you've missed the mark, and yet God has loved you and he's called you and he's got a purpose for you and he's given you this weighty gift of his presence. 
Uh, if that has captivated you today, would this be your prayer as we end today? Jesus, here I am. Send me. Send me to anybody. Send me to the store. Send me to the gas station. Send me to the restaurant. And, and I just invite you, as you ask him to send you, now expect that you are sent. When you expect that you are sent, God will begin to do some really unique things. Now go, go, my friend, and share the good news like Peter did. Did you see how simple he shared? Hey, listen, uh, I'm going to just share with you the person who offers forgiveness. And then the Holy Spirit shows up and does all the rest. Trust that the Holy Spirit's going to accompany that message, and he will, my friend. So two things, as we enjoy the presence of God today, enjoy the, the fact that you get to commune with him and talk with him. And two, enjoy the fact that you get to share this good and wonderful weighty news. As you do these two things, the gift of God is going to get more and more wonderful as you experience that you can discover greater heights and greater depths of that presence and that gift. It is that good. The gift is for everyone, you included, and everyone around you. Now, let's connect to the one who is the gift, and let's give him away. As we have received freely, so we'll give freely away. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to being with you guys at North Star Church at 4 p.m. today. And I'm so thankful just to connect with y'all. If you've got anything that we need to pray about, would you connect with here, us here and let us know how we can lift you up in this season, how we, can, how we can support you and walk alongside you. And that's all we want to do. Thank you for being here and we will see you next week. Much love from Midtown. Hey, today, if you've joined us and you don't know Jesus and you want to, you want to have this relationship with him and you don't know how to get there, you want to understand what Peter was talking about in the message, I want to read one little passage to you to help you understand this message. Romans 3, 23 and 24. It says that everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What do we talk about glory being? Glory is literally the essence of, of what is praiseworthy. That means we haven't measured up or done the proper, perfect life. Everyone, that means all, me, you, everyone's missed the mark. So if you've missed the mark of God, how do you connect with God? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but all are justified by his grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ, Jesus. That verse simply means this. Everyone has missed the mark. We can't even measure up to the proper standard. The proper standard was filled in. It was paid in full so that you and I could be declared perfect before God. When I say perfect, you have been declared perfect before God. If you call out to Jesus and receive this, there's three things to think about as you receive salvation through Jesus. Number one, would you receive the fact that you haven't measured up to perfect standard? And if you haven't measured up to perfect standard, then you can't be the judge. So stop being the judge. You're on trial today, and we've been declared guilty. But here's the truth. Number two, we are measured up by his gift. Here's what happens in the courtroom when we're declared guilty. The judge stands up and says, listen, 
I know he's guilty, but I want to take his place. I love him. I love her. She's mine. And I'll take the penalty. It's the death penalty, by the way, but I'll, I'll die so they don't have to. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. He stepped off the judgment seat, went to the cross, and paid the penalty so you and I never had to die an eternal death. The third thing, Jesus is that gift for us to receive. Receive this truth. Call out to him and tell him that's what you need him to do. Forgive me. I recognize that I've missed the mark. I haven't measured up. I need you to measure me up. Sorry, forgive me. Here's my life. I want you to be king of my life. I don't want to be king anymore. And if you're tired of being king and calling the shots and you need a king, his name is Jesus. And at that point, would you let us know? And we want to invite you. We want to talk with you a little bit more through this process. And I believe uh, that greater things are in the horizon for your life. This is just the beginning. Step in with us and see all that God has for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And my prayer for you today is that you experience greater weight of God today. That this gift is so wonderful and heavier than you could ever imagine as you step in and experience Him. Thanks for being with us. I love you. Bye.